Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Irvine, California. Hello, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project and the exhibition coordinator for Marking Time, Art in the Age of Mass Incarceration, which has opened April 22nd at the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center. Go check it out. Hi, uh, this is Seth Rodney. I am an arts writer and um, thinking about things that I have coming up. I should have a piece out in the New York Times, probably not this weekend, but the following weekend on Q&A with uh, the artist Yashua Close on his show at the Welland Museum on the college, campus of Hamilton, Hamilton College. Uh, look out for that next weekend. And I'm coming to you from Newburgh, New York. This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and I think we're probably going to do some kind of mashup today, but mostly just talking about kind of the the two topics that have re really roiled uh, social and legacy media the last week, which is Elon Musk's uh, a uh, proposed purchase of Twitter, so it hasn't gone through yet, right? Made an offer, right? Um, mm -hmm. But there are some there are some analysts that are skeptical of the deal being closed. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe we can comment on that a little bit. And then, of course, the leaked draft of um, the Mississippi cases are. are opinion on, or sorry, striking down Roe v. Wade is what I should have just said more succinctly. I was trying to remember the, I should have, I was trying to remember the name of the actual case, mm -hmm. um, which I think Stephen has handy. So yep. you know, what, what is the name of the actual case? Steve? Uh, Thomas E. Dobbs, state of health, state health officer of the Mississippi department of health and everyone else petitioners versus Jackson's women's health organization and everyone else. Okay. All right. So, Thank yeah. you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so both obviously are, you know, might focus on one more than the other. So probably a little bit more free flowing, not that we're not normally free flowing, but we'll kind of bounce around on this one. Um, Steven or Seth, do you, I mean, I have a number of opinions about it and I know that we'll probably disagree about some of it. So, um, mm -hmm. well, hopefully what, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> one of you want to, one of you want to tee off? I'm willing, I'm go ahead, Steven. Oh, no, I was going to suggest, I was going to offer you the... Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm good with that. Uh, mm, they're both really kind of deeply disturbing pieces of news for me. Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter less disturbing, but um, he has made noises from what I've read. Um, and I've read a couple of articles about his position vis-a-vis -vis free speech. He's made noises mm -hmm. before of his perception of Twitter's rules regarding uh, regarding the governing of free speech on the platform. Mm -hmm. he's he, he's, his perspective has been that those rules have been a bit too draconian, it, uh, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, he's described himself as a, as a free speech absolutist. I'm not sure what exactly that means. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. But uh, it, it, it definitely... If we're going to sort of, to use the analogy of a seesaw, if we're going to sort of um, err on one side or the other, um, or give weight to one side or the other, it seemed like that comment indicates that he's more laissez-faire about what gets said on the platform, and he doesn't feel doesn't necessarily feel that it's useful or necessary to ban certain kinds of speech. Um, I think that the, the the question of whether certain kinds of speech can be banned is a really difficult one to, to answer. I, I will say this. I don't trust Elon Musk to come up with the right answers to these kinds of questions. I just don't. Um, and tell he, me he, why. Because in the past, he struck me as someone who is thin-skinned, um, who um, likes to shut down his detractors? There's got to be a better word for that. His critics. Um, he that in that episode with the 
boys who were trapped in the mine or trapped underwater in a mine, somewhere in South America. In Thailand. In Thailand. In Thailand. And there was mm-hmm. someone who was offering to go rescue them. And he and, and Elon got into it on Twitter, I think. And something. Yeah. And yeah, or and that he diver, yeah. diver, right? And then he yeah. ended up basically accusing the guy of being a pedophile. I yeah. mean, that's just for someone who has that kind of outsized influence. He has yeah. M- yeah. millions upon millions of followers. To make that kind of statement publicly is irresponsible. I don't trust the man because of that and similar um, or incidents in which he's displayed a similar level of irresponsibility and i don't think that twitter gets it completely right now but i think it's it's and we've argued about this before on the podcast i feel like it's ultimately a net good that i don't have to hear from someone like donald trump um Mm -hmm. on, on the platform it's ultimately it increases the quotient of happiness in the world uh, or conversely, um, it increases the quotient of unhappiness in the world, allowing someone like him and his uh-huh. ilk to have that kind of public platform. And I want to say, too, for those who um, would retort that that s- silencing Donald Trump is never in the, the public interest, let's be clear, <clears throat> uh-huh. none of these people who have been kicked off of Twitter are silenced. Not any of them. No, they 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 have plenty of other platforms. Um, Parlor, Truth Social, Reddit, Subreddit, blah blah blah. To say, to say yeah. all kinds of different yeah, yeah. to, to mm-hmm. say what they want, whatever they want to say. And now Trump actually has gone into the habit of issuing these um, public relations statements vis a vis. Some, on presidential paper, yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I just I feel like this is ultimately not going to be a net good. I, you know the the example of Elon Musk and the the sub um, is a good example of him being pretty thin skinned. That that seems like he is pretty human uh, and I don't see him as a superhero at all. Don't actually really have a strong opinion about Elon Musk. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't really go in for the criticisms of, you know, uh, he was born rich and he's got all that. Well, I mean, lots of people are born rich and they don't, uh, they don't advance uh, novel technologies for mass transit. They Mm -hmm. don't, um, you know, they don't uh, innovate uh, global telecommunication networks. Like, I mean, it just, space use, travel. Mm-hmm. that's exactly right. To use that. He's a rich guy. Uh, I, I think, I think it's a silly criticism and I don't take it seriously. Um, I don't know how, uh, Elon Musk is going to be <clears throat> on free speech. People can say a lot of things, um, before they actually, you know, start doing the thing, right? You know, I mean, the mm-hmm. way you start something and the way you actually execute it are two very different things. And so I I do think, you know, most of what I have to say about Musk is the the legacy media and social media freak out was mm-hmm. just was fueled by hypocrisy as far as I'm concerned. Everyone mm-hmm. was <clears throat> made the argument that that Seth had put forward that you know, being banned from Twitter is not being banned from the public square per se. Um, and then as soon as Elon Musk wants to buy a a company and take it private and had set the rules for the engagement in that company, now all of a sudden it's a danger and it's a problem and it's going to make the world less happy. It's going to make the world not even less happy. That was what Seth said, um, <clears throat> which maybe it will. <clears throat> But there were pl- there were plenty of people that, that were saying it was going to make the world more dangerous, and I think that as ugly <clears throat> as that speech may be, when you talk about banning people, which Twitter is much closer to a common carrier right now than it is to a social media company. It is how people communicate with one another and policing mm-hmm, speech mm-hmm. on it. I do think is an I do think it is an infringement over a twenty first century communication method. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the court is probably, you know, may not necessarily agree with that. 
But what you're talking about, what, what Seth is talking about and what other people, you're talking about reducing the denominator. That's how you improve the quotient of the happiness in the world. That means you, you reduce the number of people that get to participate, the people you don't like. There's all kinds of fucking people I don't like, but that's not what the, that's not what a democracy is. That's not what the marketplace of idea is. And that in that friction, in that, here's a, I just, I'll leave with one concrete example of Donald Trump um, and then, you know, let Stephen jump in. So as grating and as irritating and as embarrassing as Donald Trump was as the president of the United States and as a leader and a spokesperson for, for the U.S. government and the American people, more mm. people voted in the 2000, it was the most Democrat, it was the most it was the highest participation of any election in our country's history. In 2016, more people voted than had ever voted before. That mm. agitant, that agitation, just like a, a really difficult workout or a really challenging circumstance in life, causes people to rise to the occasion and brings things to the surface. All of these things that we are dealing with now, the ugliness on social media, the Roe v. Wade stuff, all of that, these were things, these, I don't agree with Jonathan Haidt, the, the, the social scientist who basically says, oh, we need to learn new, we need to learn better ways of talking to each other and there needs to be more comedy on social media and all this kind of stuff. Sure, that's fine. But the reason that people are talking this way about, the, the reason that people are talking to each other in this way or not talking to each other and railing against one another is because these fault lines were there before Donald Trump. They weren't, he didn't just make them. He didn't, he rose to the presidency because these issues were there. And there are a lot mm -hmm. of them. We've talked about some of them on the podcast. So <clears throat> there are clearly guidelines around free speech that, there are common sense guidelines around free speech. I'm not saying that sometimes those things don't get difficult to adjudicate, but inciting mm -hmm. violence being one of them, all of those kind of things. But we now literally have, they, I, I only know the, the, the uh, satirical name for it. I don't know the actual, the, the ministry of truth, everyone's calling it the ministry of truth, which is the Bureau of disinformation that's in the department of Homeland security. We literally mm. now have a federal office whose job it is, is to figure out what, is the right thing to say what you're allowed to say. And as I've pointed out on the podcast before, they got so much shit wrong and they will keep getting shit wrong. They got so much shit wrong about COVID. They got so much shit wrong about Iraq. They got so much shit wrong about Al-Qaeda. They got so much, so much shit wrong about the banks before the 2008 banking crisis. Like, do you really want the federal government to have a bureaucracy that decides what is dangerous for you to hear? Do you really want Twitter and social media deciding what is too upsetting or too much of a threat for you to hear? Because I definitely do not. I do not. I do not trust people, any people, <clears throat> to, to possess that kind of wisdom. I think it only comes out in, in the marketplace of ideas. Mm. Well, I have while well, I have a retort to that, but Stephen, please, you have the floor. No, please retort to that because I'm not addressing what he said. Just okay, yet. so <laughs> so there's a, there's a yeah, there's a few things today I have a I really have a problem with. One is this notion that we're banning people that we don't like. Um, or you, you you I'm sorry, you use the um, Travis use the. Um, the first person singular. You said banning people I don't like. There are lots of people I don't like. It, it's not about liking them or not. It's about whether we can show that they, I mean, you can make the argument. With can you eight, give an example of someone you would want to ban that you like? Well, let me finish the thought and then, uh, and then I'll try to answer that question. It's about whether they have <clears throat> dem demonstrably caused harm. You can make the argument that Agent Orange incited violence around the January 6th riots. Right? You could, you, that, that argument absolutely can be made. Sure. Um, can I think of banning someone? It should be do. decided in a court of law. We have a, we have a system for yeah, yeah, no, no, for that's, that's figuring fine. that I, out. Let me well, let me system. let me write let me let me, yeah. let me write this down. Ban 
someone I like. And let me get back to this. Let me just finish out what I was going to say. Um, it's a good question, Travis. I appreciate it. Um, I'm not. I'm not crazy about this notion of the marketplace of ideas. I mean, I'm not a Marxist. Mm. Let me be really clear about this. But this notion of this sort of marketplace of ideas sounds very sort of comfortably capitalist slash libertarian in a way that has nothing to do with has nothing to do so marketplaces were long before capitalism or libertarian it's It's the idea it it it, the 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 marketplace has existed for thousands of years whether the marketplace is capitalist but whether it's capitalist or not is is totally beside the point well, I'm just saying I, that criticism isn't isn't what I'm talking about. So if you were if you were going to level the criticism that the fungible nature of capital is somehow relevant to what I'm talking about as far as the marketplace of ideas, that's not what I meant. I mean the exchange. I mean the bazaar. Uh, okay, okay, but I, I I think the that term marketplace of ideas is used as a kind of shorthand for a larger philosophical construct of a, of a, of of essentially um, the town square and i'm not sure that that's mm-hmm. the model that i that makes sense to me and, but i mean that there's more to say there but but let me okay. go on to the next point your point about not wanting the government to have a bureaucracy that decides on what is safe for you to hear strikes me as mm, of a piece with having a bureaucracy, having a branch of government that decides like what's safe for you to breathe, what's safe for you to eat, the EPA, the FDA, like there are all kinds of branches of government that are already in the business of ostensibly protecting us from people who would do harmful things basically to, to earn a profit. So when you, when people were forced to wear seatbelts back in the 1970s, similar argument were made. I'm not doing that. Government overreach. La la la. My body, my choice. La la la. Like, ultimately it saved lives. It reduced, um, uh, 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 the degree of injury that would often happen in certain, um, kinds of car accidents. Like, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm pro, the state you are, being in, in it, fact right? saying that that is i mean that is the implication of what you're saying Seth. That, that's the why implication, my, the no, implication no no, that, no no that's the consequence of what you are saying you are literally you are literally advancing lenin's argument which was that ideas are dang, are more dangerous than guns of course we should regulate ideas like an idea is not the same fucking thing as a seatbelt. Democracies can exist without seatbelts. They cannot is, exist without the free exchange of ideas. They cannot. You it, are de facto talking about authoritarianism. Sorry, Stephen. No, just think, is there a way, are there, are there meeting grounds? Are there spaces where one can protect oneself from platforms? I was tapping a moment ago. I apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> are there ways to exist in a marketplace of ideas and at the same time hold people accountable for what they say with disinformation or or, or directly harmful information directly at people is there a way to do this big part of that there is no i'll say this when you said the courts earlier i said no that's not that's not a given that's not a given the courts are not always in favor of supporting people in free speech not always and they always don't hold people accountable for the things that they do. And that's what I was wondering about the erosion of our institutions, where it's frustrating to me because I see both sides, but I see that there's more to kind of explore in terms of when the institutions don't support the free marketplace of ideas or allow people to, to give, give people platforms to um, put out disinformation, direct disinformation about health, around a whole host of other things. How do you hold people accountable? That's a good question. So, so A, I am, I see that argument as a red herring and one not necessarily just advanced by you in the conversation, Mm -hmm. because I understand that there is some genuine curiosity around that question. But the idea is how do we protect people is always used as a way to him and their liberty. How do we protect people? The answer to that is as little as possible to promote the proliferation of ideas. 
That's how you protect people, as little as possible. And the consequence of that is that mm. some people are going to get hurt because we live in bodies on a finite planet and nothing is going to fucking change that. No bureaucracy is going to protect us from harm. And Can we reduce the harm though? Can we reduce some of this harm? Yes. Because I get that so, point that we are living and we're all going to die and all of us. I understand I that. Do. But I'm wondering, so, there's got to be some kind of way to think about this that doesn't restrict my liberties. I have I have a direct answer. Yes, the free exchange of ideas. This is why the United States is and the Western world has become one of the most prosperous places in human history. I am not saying that there are not lots and lots and lots of problems with it. I am not saying that our history is not ugly. I am not saying any of those things. But you literally have an empire. Let's let's take the most polemical description of the United States as an empire. Let's say that empire was established in 1776. Let's say that that empire was, was built on the backs of slaves. Enslaved Within people. 200 years. Enslaved people. But go ahead. Ensla uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry, yes. enslaved peoples. Uh, no offense intended. So, no, no. Let's, so, so let's say that that is all given because it's true. The empire part, whatever, you can, you can quibble about that, but we're not going to, obviously. Within 200 years, the very premise of the power of that empire was dismantled by the same people that established it. Slavery existed for thousands of years in the world. Thousands. Every fucking culture was built by enslaved peoples. And within 200 years, the United States got rid of it. Now, did it get rid of it alone? No. Was it too late? Yes. Was it messy and ugly and wrong? Yes, 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 did yes. Did it continue on in on other on. forms? Going on and on and on. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, of course. Yes. Yes. But, but, but what I'm saying is that the reason that that happened was because people like King and Fannie Lou Hammer and a long list of civil rights activists could say, you're a fucking hypocrite. Here's why you're a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. These are the reasons that what you're saying do not comport with what you, per with what you say you believe in. That is the free exchange of ideas. That's what saves the free exchange of ideas. It's the only thing that does. Because the other direction is always wrong because human beings are so deeply flawed, present company, present speaker included. So that's a really convincing mm -hmm. uh, uh, narrative. Um, but here's my question. If we use the analogy of an elementary school where their kids playing during recess, right? So right. that's really free time for them, it, literally free time. And in your sort of conception of the social world, um, they're going to be, you know, the bullies that are operating, roaming freely, and some kids are going to get hurt by the bullies because some bullies are going to, like, you know, take some kids' lunch money, whatever, um, harass some kids for being gay, harass some kids for being black, harass some kids from being disabled, whatever, right? Like that free marketplace of ideas, right? So there are going to be some kids who are actually also um, being really imaginative with their play and they're like helping each and they're going to be some kids that are just like helping each other like figure some stuff out. Like, it, again, marketplace of ideas. But again, I come back to qu Stephen's question. How do we hold someone accountable when one of those bullies breaks some kid's arm or breaks some kid's neck? Like, and, and you have, have laws to. for that. Well, do but, we but, have laws when we see that a lot of people who were now only getting some kind of attention paid to their case, they've been incarcerated for decades for crimes they didn't commit, crimes that were, they did do, but they were over, they were given sentences. Um, this is why the that death were, penalty were is such an abomination. This is why the death penalty is such an abomination. I want to go the to this errors. point where, yeah. where the laws are going to save us. And that you do come back to that quite a few times in some of your arguments. And Not I go, save. Not so always, but you do. So no, this ahead, is, let me let me articulate mm -hmm. where I where I think that the disjuncture is, and you may not agree with this. Uh, okay, I mean, cl clearly, lots of people in history haven't, because lots of other forms of government have been established, um, and, and so I would not say. I probably, I mean, save is ultimately the result in some instances, but I would say they're guardrails, they're bumpers. 
if you put a guardrail up on a windy hide on a windy tortuous highway, is it going to save a truck barreling towards it at 60 miles an hour? Nope, it's going over the cliff. Everyone in that truck's going to die. But the people that aren't quite paying attention or do things sort of by accident or maybe get a little bit, you know, are incensed and and aren't really present and aren't really thinking about the people around them. Are those guardrails mm-hmm. going to keep people from plunging off the cliff? Yes. Are they going to keep them from getting injured? No. Are courts always perfect? No. Never will be. Can't can't create a system in which mistakes are not made. Which is why I think a number of our laws around the criminal justice system are so deeply flawed. And that's something that I think we have broad agreement on on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. There are so many, 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 many things wrong with the criminal justice system in the United States. And mm-hmm. it actually subverts the thing that it purports to protect. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, say, we, are, we are absolutely on the same page with that. What I'm saying is that when, when we take that, when we say we don't want that power to reside there, we want that power to reside somewhere else and, and have these people sort of come up with some rules that are going for your own good, that are going to help protect you. And Seth's analogy of the elementary school. In your analogy, Seth, free speech exists with the teachers, but not the kids. So in in what I'm saying is that if you're if you're a protector, if you're a watchman, if you're on the mm-hmm. wall, you get to jaw and say whatever shit you want. If you're in the room with the NIH director, you can vet any opinion you want as long as you do it in the teacher's lounge. Just don't say it in front of the students. That kind of infantilizing of a population is dangerous. N- not not theoretically dangerous literally dangerous and will lead to, I would suggest, calamity for the country. I don't know that Elon Musk is the purpose is the person to, you know, to not to save us. That's a I would never say I almost said that's not I, I don't I don't believe Gross. that at all. <laughs> okay. And he may completely crash and burn in that role. He may not even end up buying Twitter. I know that uh, Scott Galloway and some people have made some uh, comments that the marketplace hasn't it doesn't isn't really convinced that that Musk is going to buy Twitter because the stock or, price hasn't responded in the way that it was predictable. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Stephen, what were you going to say? Or that he's going to buy it and turn it around in two years and, and make it go public again. So there's just moments where I feel like mm, it's just I a toy to that, him. But yeah, yeah, I read maybe. it this morning and it was, it was yeah, a BBC maybe. article. It was for me. It's, it feels like a toy for him. But I don't want to mm-hmm. get us off this 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 free speech um, conversation that we're having. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like I am always looking at the bloodshed and then being and having it explained away as it's just life and this is just the way it is. And I know that's not what you're saying, no, Travis. But it, there's, I, but there's, but there's a frustration when, and we've said it on the podcast before, when a judge, a white judge, tells a white teenager or a white twenty-something, this man shouldn't go to jail because it's not a place for him after he has committed rape. And has been convicted of rape. It does not send that kid, kid to jail. Well, there are a couple. Kid. There are a couple cases. Yeah, that's yeah, there are a couple, there are a couple more. That was really popular. In, I mean, not popular, but really got a lot of attention. It, a few it years got immediate ago, right? attention. Yeah. yeah, but no, there was one recently, and and so you see stuff like that, and you go, no, no, and you're frustrated, and it, it's hard to have that benign intent or benign faith in those institutions when you see that it has has been considered it has damaged so many communities and so many families and so many people it's not people first that's mm-hmm. why you look for i think people look for other kinds of protections and i'm yeah. still on that how do you minimize the hurt at the very least and i want to say know? that i want to say that you know on, on the, in a in a in a in a very when in my most generous moments i i can see the I can see the worth of your argument about not infantilizing the populace, and I can see the worth of your argument, Travis, of with regards to allowing for the free exchange of ideas. But there is a kind of at the at the base of that, there's a kind of fatalism. There's a kind of well, mm. this is going to happen. Some people are going to get hurt. Some people are going to get bulldozed. You're gonna, you can't, you know, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. And I just, there's part of me that really uh, 
recoils from that fatalism. I just, I, I keep, like, I think like Stephen, I keep asking the question, okay, the bureaucracy is going to be screwed up and they're going to get a lot of things wrong, for sure. Got and, there's yeah. no, and there's not going to be these mechanisms in place like, um, like uh, 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 there are not going to be these mechanisms in place that are, full, that are foolproof that we can kind of depend on 100% of the time. I keep wanting to ask the question, fine, okay, so who holds whoever accountable in this realm? Like, when that thing goes down on Twitter, let, let's say, you know, two years from now, and uh, 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 there's another election, and it goes sideways for a group of people, and they decide that the only way that they're going to solve things is to take up arms against um the government or the state, or it could just be like the individual state, like some governor, like they tried to kidnap, um, what was it, Whitmer? In, 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 they probably, it was probably an FBI setup, actually. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, but let's uh, say, let's say it's not this time. I mean, this, there say, was a big story on it. So, okay. okay. So let's say it's not this time. And let's say that they, that they do that. And someone, and someone uses the, the Twitter platform to organize these folks. Like, who's going to hold them accountable? So I don't, um, I, I will try to, to answer the question directly and respond to the, the fatalism, uh, um, charge description idea. of, yeah, Thought. I was gonna say, I was saying mm-hmm. charge, but it's not really a charge. I mean, you're saying mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not like, you know, I, you're doing this. I mean, you're, you're just saying like that is a consequence of, of my position. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that that is a fair criticism. Um, it's not where, it's not where I finish the race, but it's where I start the race from. And it's probably like go and monopoly for me. Right. So, uh, ultimately I do return to that space. And ultimately I do start from that space as a kind of fatalism. I don't Mm. know that lacquered with some humor over the top of it is the only way I really know how to read human history. Uh, because Mm -hmm. man, is it ugly? I I mean, (laughs) just, you know, there are bodies in the Great Wall of China. You know, I mean, the I mean, the number of we still don't know how many blacks were hung in the South as as celebrations and barbecues. Like, how do we look at human history and not and not be somewhat fatalistic about it? I don't know. We literally have thousands of weapons that can turn us into slag and vapor, targeting yeah. one another. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a place that I come from and a place that I return to. But it's not the only, I feel, and I don't feel like you're saying this, but it's not the only move that I make. I'm saying, let's get to Park Place and build some hotels and let's let's improve our lot here as best we can. And we've when already- When people are cheating though, when people are cheating and changing the rules and changing the laws to do certain things, it's you gotta hard. Try and, uh, yeah, it is yeah. hard to fight against that kind of- um, authorized <laughs> right action yeah yeah so yeah. it's very hard i'm not, i'm 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 much more op- optimistic than i sound because yeah. I'm, i i want to see something different so i'm kind of curious about what has worked in the past but also i don't need a, a what do you call it a nirvana i'm just saying that it, it's got to be a better way than this this isn't yeah. this is so, why do so many billionaires have so much money and there's so little we still have hunger we still have all these things because yeah. Just saying a number of things. And I think yeah, one of the yeah. things we're saying is that we value this kind of activity over the lives of other people. So don't call so don't call it working for people or doing all this. Why are we even like celebrating that someone has a monopoly? What the fuck is that? That's so, that, that's it, not the fair play. That's not the fair exchange of ideas or a marketplace money wise. That shouldn't have been that was that's been eroded. But anyway, so, so. I, I, I hear all that. I mean, but there is less hunger in the world than at any point in human history now. I, I mean, for example, th- people live longer in 2022 than they ever have in human history, not just in the West, but globally. Yeah. Famine is on the decline in, in Africa and South Asia. That may be quickly reversing itself because of the war in Ukraine. I mean, we are, right. I mean, there mm-hmm. are some very, very, very foreboding clouds on the horizon as a consequence of the war in Ukraine, which I know we've talked about a little bit and I'm sure we'll return to. We um, need to, yeah. So but my, the, the last thing I would say, not like for the conversation, but the last thing I would say about this point is that 
What I see the current project as, and I am not laying this at the feet of either of you. I don't think this is your project. I think that you are mm-hmm. more sympathetic to people who who are part of this project than I am, perhaps. But I don't see it as like you kind of, you know you guys are partisans on this thing or something like that. But to me, it seems the tenor of progressive criticism is along the lines of the house is fucked. We need to we need to clear the decks, raise the house, start over with a new foundation. And I'm saying there's still fucking people living in the house. And what you need to do is you need to not raise the foundation and you need to work with the very crooked timber of humanity uh, to borrow mm. from Isaiah Berlin, or I'm sorry, Kant actually, Berlin borrowed it from mm-hmm. Kant. And, and you've got to just do what you can with what you have. Because if if what you're after is tearing the house down, way more people are going to suffer in that future than in the future in which you muddle along and do the best you can with the materials at hand and and try to make some accounting of the ugly history that got you here. The last thing I will say mm. is that even though we take up um, opposing views on many of these issues, especially of late and you know basically since COVID, mm-hmm. of course you know, and I don't I don't say this in in the on a public platform very often. Of course, I think it is entirely possible that that the establishment of the country and the invention of whiteness, which was a cornerstone of uh, U.S. American identity for. Uh, 200 years, uh, 200 mm-hmm. plus years, um, may not be able to be uprooted, and the, or the uprooting of that thing has so um, discombobulated and so disoriented the nation that we can't get back on any kind of reasonable track of progress. No, no large scale community of strangers, which is what the United States is. Most of us will never know one another, and we're huge. Mm-hmm. survives schisms like this. It split the Catholic Church. It split Islam into Shia and Sunni and many other divergent mm-hmm. bodies. And mm-hmm. it's it's split nations. Um, there's a chance it's going to split Russia apart. It We may not survive this. We may not survive the fact that you, the three of us, with such divergent ancestries, can sit here and talk to one another like men and the country may not be able to take that. A hundred years ago, this could have never happened, right? I mean, they just, you and Stephen, Seth and Stephen, you you would have been doing something else. You wouldn't have gone to get your PhD. You wouldn't have been working at the Schomburg. Like, these are just not the futures that you would have had or the lives that you would have been able to live. It's possible. I don't want it to be the case. And everything that I do tries to work against that. And mm-hmm. I work against the people that, seem okay with that, but it's possible we may not be able to write ourselves. Oof. Talk about fatalistic shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've been thinking about that off and on for years. Mm. Can we? And and the thing is, the return to something is like, well, maybe something better rather than the return to, but I think it's the lack of imagination, obviously, and the, mm. the deep the deep, the deepness of a particular kind of thinking. So I didn't when I read the the, uh, the um, I didn't read the whole thing to be sure uh, the um, the draft of the um, oh for Dobbs, yeah, yeah. right. My brain was going. It's not in the Constitution. Alito constantly repeats. It's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Constitution. Abortion is not in the Constitution. It's like well, there are thousands of other things that are in the Constitution that um, that deserve. That, that are part of law, that are part of how we deal with ourselves. But the idea that one wants to cling to the Constitution as a way of asserting a particular kind of belief, what I can't seem to wrap my brain around is this. If you don't want an, if you don't believe in abortion, then don't have an abortion. I, that sound might sound flip, but we live in the United States. We do live in a democracy, kinda, and you can still have your beliefs and practice those beliefs. But why does why do those beliefs have to be pushed upon me, a woman, or anyone else? Why I don't understand. That's it's not that I don't understand it. That's not really true. I'm just annoyed 
that there's this constant push back and forward because I feel like, I mean, I don't want to be the guy I'm trying to, like I said, have some fidelity to my thinking about this, which is this notion of states' rights. You know, the reason why the federal government has to pop in every so often and go, no, 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 is because the states are not your friends. (laughs) You know, your elected officials aren't necessarily representing you. So I'm exhausted and I'm a, and I do have optimism about the country, but I also have a lot of, gee, goddamn, <laughs> gee, goddamn, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think, Stephen, where my, um, well, Stephen and, and Travis, where my sort of reticence to, um, to um, have faith in state power um, uh, or to or, or or where my where I fail to have faith in the power of the state to give us those guardrails um, mm-hmm. is is where it comes to policies like like abortion because it feels like the state becomes the tool of this larger religious constituency that, you know, you've said it before, Travis, that, you know, they sincerely believe, la, 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 that, that abortion is murder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, 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 I always want to say, yeah, but these. There's a caveat to that, that I'll add when you're done, but. Okay. But, that, that, mm. but there's, that there's lots of people who have, or rather there are lots of belief systems that have, Strange, kooky um, uh, aspects to them that uh, that we don't treat as kooky as the idea that that preventing a pregnancy coming to term is murder. Like I just, I just, there's there's all kinds of weirdness in Christianity. Um, you know, I mean, even the idea that transubstantiation that at some point in the ceremony, like the wine actually turns into the blood of Jesus. It's like, come on, like, uh, <laughs> like, like, hello, uh, is this, thing, is this fucking thing on? Like, what are you talking about? Unfortunately, it's uh, on. Um, it's too on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's way, it's, it's way too on. Like, I, I just like, there's all kinds of kooky ideas within Christianity and this notion that we have to take this one, this particular cookie idea seriously, it's just kind of beyond me. The mm. problem the problem for me is when the state becomes this sort of arm of this Christian constituency that essentially wants to have mm-hmm. the social sphere look like their social sphere. And they want to constrain my behavior so that it comports with their view of how the world should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, 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 I think, at, 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 at the, at, that's at the center of what makes me really anxious and, frankly, afraid and dismayed by the oncoming mm-hmm. Supreme Court decision on this. I, it's just that, that's, <sighs> that's it. Um. I think, uh, you know, there is a significant segment of the population, it's around 50%, that sees abortion as murder. Um, but not real murder, right? Because if it were real murder, then you would prosecute it every time, always. You would prosecute the mother, you would prosecute the doctors. Now, there's probably some significant percentage of people who are opposed to abortion that would actually be in favor of that kind of aggressive legislation. It's not, I would mm-hmm. guess, my, I would guess, I do not know, but I would guess it is not the majority. So it's a weird quasi-murder, right? It's a weird kind of thing. Um, Harold mm. Bloom, the literary cr- critic, actually mm-hmm. wrote a book called American Religion in which he read... American religions and interpreted them. And honestly, it's one of the best books on American civil religion and the various forms of American religious expression uh, that I've read, even more so than uh, the vast majority of religious studies scholars. Um, And basically, his claim is that American religious expressions are, for the most part, a form of Gnosticism, meaning that the Mm -hmm. world itself the created world, the embodied world, is deeply flawed and irredeemable. It, it actually right. cannot be redeemed. 
the only way that the, the the only way that you can personally be redeemed is by transcending the physical world with your pristine soul and that there is in fact a pristine soul in uh, that you, that you are in right. possession of and that is your most essential self but you call um, that apocalyptic it's a, an apocalyptic uh, so apocalypticism is absolutely deeply entwined with gnosticism absolutely okay mm-hmm. okay kind of the you know sort of at some future point you know these these currents historical currents are going to come to uh a crisis and on the other side right. of that crisis the soul and all the souls of the righteous will be redeemed right mm-hmm. so it, it, i think abortion is tied in with that Right. So basically the innocent, they always use the innocent, the innocent, the innocent, the innocent. This is the words that they always use to describe it. The innocent, the unborn child is the pristine soul. And they believe at the moment of conception that the soul is there in the body. I mean, it's a really weird metaphysical idea, right? And it's even when it's someone actually, is raped. And I think about those moments it, where oh, you, yeah. you were yeah, where it's like, so this person did not this is not a conception of love here. This is brutalism. This is rape. This is um incest. These are these yeah. moments of violence fact- that you are forced to bear. Right. And then the explanation is, well, let the child be born because God wanted that child to be born. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just wanna I just don't understand. I just walk away with my mouth open because so I don't they, feel like that they're being thoughtful about it. I think they're just saying, I believe this and I will find whatever logic I need to explain this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they just, they'll, they'll turn it into whatever, uh, well, they don't have to turn it into, that's what they believe. They believe that the child isn't innocent and they believe that the world is just ugly. And so it kind of doesn't matter what ugliness, it's already ugly to right. be fucking, right? I mean, that's kind of how they feel about it. So like, it's the whole thing, the whole show is an abomination. And so right. the innocent has to be protected. That's but that's helpful. why you get, that's, that, that's why you hear. get these like crazy, like, you know, abortion, there's all kinds of limits on abortions in Europe and in most other um, advanced democracies, but it's tied to more common sense notions of, of viab- not necessarily viability, but like they call it the quickening is in common law. You know, the baby's moving around. You got a little person in there moving around. Like that mm-hmm. starts to make most people queasy as mm-hmm. far as, you know, whether mm. you're going to be performing an abortion or not. So all of those things, absolutely, you know, they do believe it's murder, et cetera, et cetera. The, the issue that we have in this country, and I don't, you know, first of all, we have to say, we don't know if this is going to be the final opinion, especially Alito's language is particularly charged. Um, yes. And, and, and the, the opinion is particularly sweeping. I think it is very possible that's going to be pulled back a little bit. Um, mm. I'm not sure. I, well, I'm, I, I know that right now, it's hair on fire response to this. Right. But, but I knew not, you were going to say could. that part. No, I knew you were going to yeah. say that part about it's not, you know, it's not law yet. And I was wondering how you were going to think about it. So you feel like, I feel like the language might actually get more, infl- not inflammatory, but more rhetoric charged. I do. Which is why I, I might, w- wanted to. We mm-hmm. should, we should, but we'll, we'll do a gentleman's bed and uh, the other person left by the, cool. the other one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm only saying it because I, I, I feel like it's the environment for it. Right, I feel like this is so, the environment for this. But I feel Kavanaugh, like Gorsuch, Clarence Thomas, Rob, um, John Roberts. Who the fu- who who who's gonna who's gonna well, who's gonna hold Roberts the line? Probably Roberts is probably uh, my guess. And this is my mm. this is our this will be our gentleman's bet. My guess is okay. that Roberts will make an effort to tack the language back to uh, to exceptions for uh, violence, incest, rape, etc. And that 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 it's not going to be this sort of fire and and brimstone, you know, all 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 hands uh, or you know the the hands of the federal government should be nowhere near this. But mm. so I think we, but we're not going to. We'll know in a month or two or whatever. Well, you know that'll be, we don't really have to argue about it. But we do have a problem in this country, and that it's about fifty percent, about half the country, about doesn't believe. And abor- doesn't believe that abortion should be a right. And so I'm not sure where you're getting that because you said that earlier, and I've been reading that it's usually 63 to maybe 39 or something. Not it, it, the, the so percentages I've got off, but it, that there's less people who believe it should be law. 
So yes, barely, and it depends on which constituencies you're talking about. So, and sure. I'm talking about I'm talking about since '73, right? The Roe v. Wade was '73, right? So in 49 the last years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. So in like nearly in the last nearly 50 years, 49 years ago, the the um, the public has waffled in the 50 percent range. Sometimes it's as high as 60 percent. Sometimes like you know right around the 50 percent mark in a variety of polls that have been taken during that time. If, if you, if that's a problem, right? Civil rights has, has, has moved every other issue that the court has imposed, every other social issue that the court has stepped in, you know, uh, uh, Brown versus Board of Education, et cetera. Every other, mm-hmm. every other decision has radically moved public opinion. Public opinion radically moved on civil rights because of the Supreme Court's decision. Public opinion radically moved because of gay marriage. It has not radically moved on, a, on an abortion. This is an issue that's not ever no, going to right. go away. It's not going to go away. And so I, while I am, and we've, I think we've talked about this before, as Steph and I had a, a, an exchange on Twitter around this a little bit, like I personally am in favor of, um, I mean, I think abortion is a pretty ugly procedure and we have people, we have progressives that are vegetarian because of their concern about harm to animals, but are all about aborting, you know, babies or future babies. These, no, no, these, but these are all future, these are harms, right? You, uh, the framing of that is a bit problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, they're not no, all no, no, about abortion. I get what you're saying. It's about, all about, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, come they're, on. They're about come on, Steph. I mean, Travis, you're, it, it feels like you're like, and they're, you're, you're pointing out the inconsistency and possibly the hypocrisy. But again, yes. the reason why abortion can be very tenuous is because of the very things that you said, that it's 49 years, it's been a contentious issue. But I, I think I, I don't think that that's true. I think that I think if you've ever like like put your hand on a woman's belly and fe- I mean babies start dreaming at like three months or four months or something like that and you're not going to eat you're not going <laughs> to eat a chicken that's so fucking dumb it'll drown itself in a rainstorm but you think it's okay to at like the end of the, to yank at the end out of the day that, for me it's the women's choice. It's yeah, not no, your choice. Yes, not, yes, yes, yes. Woman's choice. It's not our. It's I am one hundred percent with you. One hundred percent. I'm saying no. no I I am I am not. This isn't a backdoor. Maybe we should outlaw. Definitely one hundred percent not. I believe that mm-hmm. you have to protect the woman's body from the interests of the state because there is an ugly human history there. It's what it's it. But but now it's still we're there. Getting, <laughs> it's so, not no, the history. But, but here's but mm-hmm. this is where. This is where the progressive position falls apart, which is that I do believe in the principle of I do believe in the principle of protecting a woman's body from the interests of the state. It's inviolable, you know, the idea of bodily autonomy, etc. Mm-hmm. But it then has to apply to everything, and progressives don't want it to apply to everything. Not all progressives, but many progressives. You mean or the unborn child opinion. or the fetus or the— Well, I mean the, like vaccine mandates, for example. Vaccine mandates are an mm-hmm. example of the government saying, you have to do this to protect your body. The government has an interest in your health. Therefore, you must get this vaccine is not altogether different from the government saying, we have an interest in your unborn child. You are not allowed to get this abortion because, you know, the state has an interest in in the continuation mm-hmm, of your pregnancy mm-hmm. to term. I just don't think that that's the position necessarily. You're, you're painting this as a progressive position. I'm not sure which progressives are saying this, but I think the people who... I'm in conversation with would rather would say rather that they have an interest in protecting a woman's body from the interests of Christian constituency that tries to operate through the state. Those are the people who are basically saying right. you can't do this. But it does. I mean, that, that's really that move. I, I, that move doesn't really. It doesn't seem logically consistent to me because you're you're calling out members of the state and sort of saying they're separate from the state. They're, they're the ones making the laws. And so 
if if the people making the laws are making a claim about what you can do with your body, except that there are people different, they're, they're, they're different people making different laws in different places, right? And different states can. That's right. It's different states. So, so it's states not about the do state. Have, so it's not about the states. It's about so the a particular. Amorphous no, no, thing. it is it's really so about I, people. It's, 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 uh, I see. I see. No, no, I see what we're having to do. I, I mean the state broadly. I am I not talking that. about. Oh, okay, I'm not talking about states versus the either. feds. Okay, so in this instance, the states do have. The state does have the ability to mandate vaccination. It in fact does. The state of California can do that. States are specifically enumerated with those powers to to accomplish that as they are without federal protection within their rights to ban abortion procedures i know but that's what they choose to do but in the case of the but in the case of the vaccination mandate which you don't have you don't have a constituency that is animated by a particular religious belief or you do a, oh it's absolutely religious the, the the vaccines do it it may not be called so this is one of the problems this is one of the ways that secular institutions hide their power by saying this is religious this is secular but they are both based on um ideological positions the vaccines do not protect the community they protect the individual that's a fact. They they do not protect community spread. If we had a no, polio we, outbreak, no, we know yeah, that. Sorry, we know ahead. that. We know that now. We didn't know that at the outset of the pandemic, but we know that now. You're absolutely right. Wow. We know there was speculation that there were lots of scientists that were spec that that were skeptical of the long term viability of the vaccine. Here's the thing: I don't need to talk about the vaccines anymore. I don't really. This is not really a live issue for me. What I'm saying is that. The progressive position on my body, my choice, has fallen apart, and people will sense that. People who are not partisans will sense that because they were not about my body, my choice six fucking months ago. Six months ago, they were not about my body, my choice. They were my body, my choice, or your body, my choice. That's what it was. Your body, my choice. You need to get a fucking vaccine. I don't care what your doctor says. I don't care what your prior medical condition is. You have to do this to make me comfortable. That is the same philosophical position as the Christians that we all mm. agree are in the wrong. And I'm saying that progressives have shot themselves in the foot over this very issue. And it's precisely what we talked about on the podcast a year ago. This was my concern about this. You you have to imagine your philosophical positions being taken up by your opponents. Absolutely. That I agree. And that's what's Mm -hmm. happened now. That's what's happened. Yeah, I, I you, still, I don't, I still don't quite agree with. That. I don't think it's the same sort of. But what's uh, the argument for it, Seth? Right. What is your, what's your, I'm what is about your the through line? What yeah, is your yeah, affirmative I, I, argument for how these are not the same position? Well, I actually think that I can't run through these arguments in the next, I think, two minutes, and I think we need to actually. <laughs> Okay. End the right, podcast then. But okay, we can. Fair we're, I'm fair really. Enough. I'm happy to pick this up and do a part two on this. I think these are questions that yeah. are absolutely worth um, answering. So just, just so, so we remember, Travis. Restate the question. I'll write it down, please. So philosophically, how is rationally? How is my body, my choice, vis-a-vis abortion, different than my body, uh, my choice, vis-a-vis vaccination? Mm-hmm. That does not protect the community. Okay. Cool. Cool. I guess, do we end here? <laughs> <laughs> we got quiet while you were writing, as if we couldn't talk so, while yeah, you were so, writing. So, yeah, I know. It's like, it's, like, uh, it's like when I get all uh, uh, fuddled up when I'm chewing gum and trying to walk. Um, all right. So let's, let's, uh, let's put a pen in this, as they say, and uh, yeah. we'll return to the conversation next time. Cool. Uh, yes, I, I, I do. I want to make one clarification. Uh, we are all, and not because I'm nervous about it, but I just, I know that it can get muddled, like totally opposed to Roe v. Wade being overturned, like absolutely, completely 1000% not in favor of that. <laughs> I know, 
Go I know ahead. you love to do that, but my brain always goes. <laughs> the very thing that you're talking about by not infantilizing, infantilizing, infantilizing. Right. Yeah, yeah you're our, right. Even You're our right. audience is like, I think they can track the call. He's anti, he's for abortion. He's no, it's like you already said that once. And then actually it's implicit in some of your arguments. And then you're like, just so that everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm, won't leave this classroom. Right. I do not support this. I, like, yeah. I, I, I think our listeners get it. But but I understand the the need to do it, particularly in a culture where I guess people get canceled. Yes. I guess. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So yeah. not that I mean, I mean cancel the I don't know what canceling our podcast would even mean. But. I'm like, do you stop listening? I mean you can't really do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. All right. All so, right. we'll pick it up next time. All okay. right. All right. Cool. Bye. Later.